This is the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Inquisitive Minds Podcast. I'm your host, as usual, Johnny Smith. Uh, got a bunch of fun episodes coming for you. Today, I have a, a very special guest. He's uh, tried a couple open mics at stand-up comedy. Um, he's, a, he's a bit of a wild man, you know, and I would like to say um, misunderstood, you know. But, hey, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Cocaine Shane, everybody. Oh, I'll tell you what, where this okay. Goes. Shane, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, brother? Thank you. I'm fantastic and blessed as always. Happy Fool's Day, my man. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, we are recording this on April 1st. It's probably going to be uploaded tomorrow. Um, up front, oh, honestly, I've had some severe scheduling conflicts this whole month. Mm. So I'm just going to throw the first day. So, well, last month, I do a lot of planning, mm. you know, mm. planning ahead. Mm. So, so uh, I'm just going to be throwing a bunch of episodes out here you know about different things this month there's probably going to be maybe nine episodes coming out this month Let's instead go. of the usual four to five uh, but yeah shane welcome how you doing man dude i'm blessed I'm so always how, blessed. how would you describe yourself uh positive uh sunshine shane I'm professionally how would you describe yourself oh just like like if someone says what do you do mm. oh man that's a difficult question well right now I work with a company, help people get their stuff. Uh, jack of all trades, master of none, but better than a master of one. Uh, since I got out the military, just trying and learn as much as I can everywhere that I go. Finding out which puzzle pieces fit, what I can use. I want to start my own business, try to help the community and shit one day, you know? If you're not watching on video and you can't tell from the haircut, uh, he was in the United States Marine Corps. Hoorah, super five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, let's go back before that. Where'd you grow up, Shane? Uh, I was born in Pittsburgh, April 1st, 89. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Rough birthday. I'll, I'll challenge that to anybody. Who has the toughest birthday? Boy, trap me in the April's fool, son. I don't know. February 29th was, would suck. Oh, you're like a lion of sheep. It's like magical. It happens every couple of years. You know, <laughs> like it's real special when it does happen. You grew up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So then uh, moved around a lot. First, I was in the military. So I uh, went to Texas and all. Uh, army base and then um carolinas we'd always move back and forth mm -hmm. and then uh first through sixth grade in slipper rock seventh and eighth and scranton and then uh shout out to joe biden huh oh scranton is that was that where he's from is that is that where he's putting oh my god he talked about that in the debate so much small towns like scranton and, and Scranton like towns and towns that are similar to Scranton. It was an old coal mining town. It's fun. It was oh, fun. we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe yeah. told us loud and clear. And then uh, came back, uh, moved to Franklin two years, and then uh, back to Pittsburgh. We were always flying in and out. That's where my family's from. My uh, grandparents came from uh, Poland, Germany. and got So, so growing up, moving around a lot, like, how was that? How was the childhood, man? I mean, it, I mean, it was... Uh, I mean, it, it was my own little thing. I don't like talking negatively about it. Like, oh, it was rough growing up, like a lot of domestic shit going on and moving around, always feeling like you're on the run. Uh, 
like my mom wake me up and she'd be like, we're in Tennessee. And I'm like, what, what, what the fuck is a Tennessee, you know? Okay. So your dad was in the service. Well, my first dad was in the service. Okay. Your first my dad. real dad. Yeah. So, um, I'm the bastard of a conjugal visit, man. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, my, let's go there. Yeah. My dad's friend paid 300 bucks so he could have sex with my mom in prison. And that's where I was made. Your dad's friend. Yeah. And he's the father. No, no, no. My dad's oh. friend paid so that oh, they so, could get my mom okay, in okay. and get a little. A conjugal means they were married. I know. I know what to. I, well, I mean, technically, I don't think they were married. So okay, so he greased some wheels. Yeah, but he was he was in there, you know, not getting the opposite of the butt sex. I would say, you know. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I always used to laugh and say, "I got a problem with authority," and uh, so yeah, that was fucking weird. I met him when I was five, and he got out, and then he's like, "I'm your real dad," and I was like, "Okay." We were in Carolina at the time. I can't remember if it was north or south and uh i think it was like so so you guys just moved around just yeah n not because of service i mean who knows yeah no but i mean partly in the service in the beginning and then but then after that you just yeah i remember my mom she went she got her master's like her first master's in super rock and oh her, and her second one in America. kudos to her oh dude she was hustling and uh she struggled with her own demons and stuff grew up with that and then uh she's all better now loved mom loved mom she's back visiting from texas I've met your mother, lovely lady. Yeah, she's super, she's wild, man. And uh, yeah, so we moved around a lot and then graduated from Keys Rocks here in Pittsburgh and then lived all over Pittsburgh growing up. So I want to ask, man, but I don't want this to feel like a hit job because I'm not trying to come for you. Come on. But like, did, on, you, did you find it difficult to like uh, have lasting friendships moving around like that? I think because it's like we didn't have social media, it's like I always wish I had that friend next door that those best friends growing up, that girlfriend that you establish a relationship with, but it's something that I use. That's so like boy meets world visualization. Yeah, yeah, you know, like the, 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 the you know, just the, the average life, what you consider the Disney movie stuff. Then you grow up and you realize, oh, nobody's life is perfect, that's, yeah. a, that's a movie. And uh, so, but it, it made me who I am and how I can connect with people. That's what I was gonna ask, how do you think it affected your, your social, style today oh, oh amazing like it's got me to where i am like all the blessings and everything i i've worked for every all the help that uh, people have given me all the opportunity and gifts and it's just uh, being a positive influence make people smile people say you know you have that kinetic energy that bright aurora mm -hmm. aura okay yeah. so you know moved around a lot uh mom got her master's dope struggled with her demons obviously um how'd you do in school like high school Towards. Oh, so different schools and different curriculum. Some mm -hmm. places were easier than than others. And um, I never thought of that. I could always pass like, but it's like, I remember whenever I would apply myself to get into like the, like the higher education, AP, whatever you wanted to call it, the fancy, you know, tougher classes. Mm -hmm. It's like, I would struggle, but I would learn the most. And then I was, I was in and out of school a lot because of, you know, court stuff or demon stuff or grown up stuff. And it was always like, you get a day off. It's like, oh, okay, but you know, we, we do the work when it is. And then yeah. sometimes they'd be like, hey, you got a whole semester to make up and I could crush it overnight. So I was pretty book smart, especially by the time I got back to some of the city public stuff. I was like, we started this in ninth grade. You so know? so when you uh, you graduated high school? Yes. Okay, yeah. you graduated high school, did you go right to the service? Uh, no, I, uh, I took, uh, moved into my family's, my cousins for a year and then we moved up the street, got our own place. 
and that shit got like out of control and i was like all right i'm done i'm ready for the escape and can uh, i can i ask you uh yeah what you mean by that a little bit okay so so like growing up like my parents struggled with like a addiction and abuse and, and fighting each other and others and stuff like that so i found out in ninth grade like uh we just moved there we've been there for a week in franklin in a trailer park and then like uh i got home and uh and fuck it uh so i walk in and then there's like bottles all over the place and my dad has a gun to my mom's head and i'm like oh shit wonderful third day and then fucking crying screaming and then like i jumped on him and saved her life and then he's been locked up ever since. Oh, really? Yeah. And was this your biological father? Yeah. Okay. And so. And 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 about how long ago was that? Uh, Roughly ninth grade. So I don't know, like fucking. Okay. If I graduated in 07, probably happened like what, like oh four maybe. Okay. Oh three. That's pretty intense, man. Yeah. No, it was it was wild. It was wild. It was a lot of shit. And then I could feel it, especially when I returned to school. The cool and thing he still, is he still incarcerated because of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he's got a couple years left. Okay. And now, so, I'm, oh, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you. No, please. How do you feel about him? Like, will you, uh, like, I, I know you will because, but like, what will your conversation be like with him? Oh, I've, I've went and saw him and talked to him and I've, and I've had to get into my own emotions about it. You know, like, like I love him and, uh, and it's, it's not like I have a lot of hate for him. Like I'm upset, disappointed, like watching what he did. Like I always call it like being the child of monsters. You know what I mean? Like my, the best thing that I could do is be, like, I always want to be the best dad that I could. Mm -hmm. So it's just to take all the negative shit that I did and then not forward it and try to help anybody else who struggles with it. So it's like, I love them for all the good and the bad because it made me who I am. So okay. everybody I've been able to help protect, care for, love, encourage, it all comes from, you know, they say, hey, why are you so bright and positive? I'm like, well, I made a long way through the darkness. You know, like. That's very fair. Now. I'm trying to gauge your bar because that was in ninth grade. And from the timeline, you're like 19 or 20 or so. Out and I think like 16, yeah. Well, you said uh, when things started getting too crazy and you're like, oh, yeah. I need my out. I, I Like if that was the bar then, what escalated to make you finally go, all right, that's it for me. All right, well, so what happened was like that day, my dad, like talk about how badass my mom is. When he had the gun to her head, he's like, tell him the truth. And I'm like, what? She's like, nope. And I was like, oh, she's she's gonna die. Whatever it is, she's she's <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> no, 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 please go ahead. I was like, my mom's badass, you know. And then she was like, he was just saying, you know, we're on drugs and we do heroin and a bunch of shit. And then like a whole lot of things in my life made sense because like growing up, like uh, some of the hill district, it's like real, uh, like ghetto urban neighborhood, and just like a lot of those people always cared for me and loved for me. And then like, I'd have all these weird waiting in the car moments or mommy's tired, you know, mm -hmm. like, she's sleeping in the skeddy. The moving around makes sense. Yeah, now. driving and stuff. And then like, uh, and I was like, oh, mommy wasn't just sick. It was just like, she was struggling with this. Mm -hmm. And then that like, I really struggled with for a while because uh, especially until like I got out of the military, just cause. Well, real quick, um, being like a, a child that essentially of addiction i'm not saying you were born yeah. it, but like oh i'm fucking it's growing in my veins, you know growing up with it yeah. um have you ever picked up the needle no no okay. no i i had like a huge red flag thing mm -hmm. until like uh when i got out of the marines and, what does uh, that mean a huge red flag so like red flag if anyone was like oh heroin or opiate like mm -hmm. i was just like oh that's bad okay like you know like you're you know you're a bad person you mm -hmm. struggle with it or like a lot of the people that I ran into that was addicted, I found out when I talked to them, I'd just be like, you know, like, what are you doing with your life? Like, why are you fucking, and then they start crying. I'd be like, you know, you got a lot more to live for and all this shit. And they'd be like, oh, I'm a fucking good person. And I'd be like, yeah, no, you are. You just have to fucking do better. Yeah, man, addiction's rough. 
I, yeah, I could never imagine what it's like for anyone else except for myself, you know? Even if it made you feel uh, like negatively towards those addicted at the time, it still kept you from doing it. So yeah, that's a positive, but go ahead. Yeah, no. And so it's like, uh, and then I started listening to a podcast when I got out like Joe Rogan. And then I first, one of the first episodes I listened to was like Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus introduced me to the ideas of uh, psychotropic drugs and ayahuasca and stuff and nature walks different things. I always loved all that shit, you know? And then uh, Dr. Um, I, I I know I'm I'm coming in, but I got to wrangle you. Go ahead, go ahead. You're a wild man. Mm-hmm. We're talking about uh, right before you joined the service. Yeah, I, I was just talking about my outlook on like on like addiction and how, okay. and how okay. my and how my ideas shifted and changed. Okay, because it's a uh, fuck. I always know this guy. I quote this guy, Doctor um, uh, Doctor Fucking whatever. But he talked about openly using opiates. That sounds Austrian. Oh, I, I, I Doctor Fucking. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Fucking. <laughs> and uh, but the way that he explained it, and he talked about substances. Uh, broaden my horizon to change my perspective mm-hmm. because like perspective is everything right uh, yes. that's what I believe you know uh, if you if you have a great outlook then you'll you know you can live a great life and do great things if you're always negative then it's perpetual negative and so it's like uh, Carl Hart Dr. Carl Hart yes to receive bam he, he just recently released a book about uh, using drugs recreationally and responsibly though Exactly. And what this guy said was so powerful. The last podcast I heard him on Joe Rogan again, recently, last couple of months, he was just talking about not wanting to hang out with people who are closeted, who hide it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, wow, like if I could get into that place where I'm rich enough to not be afraid to go to jail, you know, can't just be like, I love magic mushrooms and I'm a good dad. And like, you're going to jail. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think though, a lot of attitudes are starting to shift, especially with places decriminalizing more than just psychotropic drugs, you know, all drugs. Yeah. Um, I think thoughts and ideas of drugs, like people have old fashioned ideas, but that comes with an older generation. I think in the future, we'll have a better understanding of the wide range of uses for multiple drugs. I know. I completely agree. I just, myself being in the system, part of the system, like been arrested a couple of times, jail a couple of times for things like I didn't even do. And then it's just like, uh, when it comes to like something that you do do, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, they could throw the book at you and not everybody has the same hand or they're gifted with the same opportunity, you know? And I, I always have to remember that is cause it's like, uh, you know, whether you're like a darker skinned person and it's like, uh, like this Kamala Harris, who's like the vice president and she put people in jail for marijuana use. And like, uh, we were talking about the Texas stuff earlier and in some States they're like, Oh, God forbid, you know, like, you know, like how dare you? What is that? It goes yeah. against our Christian beliefs. This detail, your mobile detailing solutions for Pittsburgh and the surrounding area. You know, we know you don't want to go out, waste your time sitting in some waiting room, some boring area. It could be unsanitary, could be unsafe for your health. That's why we come to you, you know, have your car uh, detailed in the comfort of your home or office. Um, give us a call to schedule an appointment at 724 498 nine nine four two or check us out on facebook.com slash tenacious detail pgh well i think uh upwards of of in the high 30s uh for the number of states have it uh legal on a uh a medical usage and i think the high teens for recreational at this point so like i said old-fashioned ideas are starting to change 
Shane, small like I steps, said, steps, but people are still in prison right now. Small because, steps are better than no steps. No, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I'll take progress over perfection. There we go. Progress over perfection. I will. Yeah. I just, I'm also, I have to battle that fear of like, uh, become a victim to the shit system that still is in place. Yeah, yeah man. I tell you what, worrying about things that could happen. It'll fucking trap you it and freeze you up, man. It's a crippling thing, man. Like, just it go is. with it, brother. It is. It is. But it's like, so, so it's like when we were in Slipper Rock first through sixth grade, and then my parents got into this holy roller stuff. Like, uh, I was raised a little bit Catholic in the beginning. And then when, uh, I got to sprinkle a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, sit kneel stand sit kneel stand and then um i, I was in I, I was in catholicism during the supple age oh 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 no. <laughs> oh, oh okay i was a young i was a young supple boy no, <laughs> yeah, uh, priest you know why do uh the uh, the i forget all the names like the that summer i went in a boy and <laughs> i found jesus yeah. it's only jesus of stables oh, on sundays oh god but but so my parents got really religious and they found some some sanctity and uh you know they, they were saved and i remember being baptized and <clears throat> i remember they listened to these fucking uh televangelists like benny hinn and shit and mm -hmm. we'd go see them and then like they'd be like the holy spirit and i'd like stand there and then they're like the holy spirit and he pushed me so i put my foot back and I was like, oh, what were you doing? And then he tripped me. He's like, the Holy Spirit. I was like, that was a sweet motherfucker. You know, like, that was not God. <laughs> hey, the, hey, the Lord works in mysterious <laughs> But so, yeah. So, uh, I mean, coming full circle, listening to Dr. Carl Hart way after all this stuff, because after ninth grade, when all that happened with my dad, like my mom really got deep into her demons and trying to survive uh, because she has a background in like social work criminology and, uh, and helping others and stuff. And what she always said is that she used all the techniques that she could and they couldn't save her life. And for me, uh, like my dad was a little abusive and uh, like I finally stood up to him and saved her life. Like that was a whole thing for me, but it was like, uh, fuck, I don't know, I lost where I was going, but it's like, she couldn't save her own life with every technique that she had been taught. So she really beat herself up about it. And then she went deeper into that spiral. So, okay. so as we moved back out of the country and into the city, it's like, she got closer to the negative things that she could get. And then like, I saw her, it's like my biggest hero had become a biggest enemy because my entire life, she was ripping me away from uh, terror and saving me. And then I was like, oh, she has a problem. And, she, and that hurts, you know, it hurt real bad. And I struggled with it for a long time. And then I, even when I went to the military, the, the biggest thing I struggled with was things I couldn't control back home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like I met somebody else who they, I moved them in with my mom. They had demons they struggled with, problems and issues. My mom was uh, fucking still going through like the shit. And like I moved out because my shit started getting taken. I didn't have a home and started living with my friends and stuff. And then I would always try to, I'd get jobs, pay for the bills, work hard, play hard. And, and then go try to get so a bunch what, of kids. I want time. your definition of play hard. Uh, play hard, just enjoying yourself. You know, whether you're relaxing or whether you're like uh, engaging in camaraderie and enjoying yourself with others. See, you know? I, I can see the shift in you. I've spoken to you enough that I could see when the shift goes from Shane to cocaine Shane. Because you get this gleam in your eye yeah. like you're about to be on. Yeah, it's a cocaine shame. I'm high on life. You know, sunshine shame. I'm always bright. Like, I'm a leprechaun. You can catch me, bitch, but the goal is at the end of the rainbow. So you were working, paying bills, but yeah, not getting anything from it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, so growing up, uh, when I was going to high school, I really wanted to go do, like, computer aiding and drafting and build houses on the computer. 
And I thought that was amazing. Uh, my, my family on my mom's side, especially, uh, came from all teachers and backgrounds. So they were pushing me towards the academic stuff. So even my senior year, I got to take, um, a pilot course where I went to community college and senior year of high okay. school at the same time and get some credits. And I didn't know you could do that shit. I didn't know you could fucking go to college early. Like I'd have tried to fucking graduate early. I would have tried to beat the system. I, I hate whenever it's limited. Like, uh, I just fucking hate being tied up in that box with held and was strong. That's that being uh You weren't though. You just didn't know how to play the game fully. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. That's all. But they I were mean, like, you have 12 years you have to complete. And I was like, I got to do it Yeah, but that's all. not true at all. I got I to gotta do that on my knuckle, you know? But like, you're telling me I can get it done in eight, six, I can compete with these super smart kids? You've seen 12-year-olds uh, attending Harvard. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying everybody can do that. And there's some kids that need 15 years to complete oh. that 12. Dude, my mom used to take me, like, I love that show, uh, Are You Smarter Than Fifth Grade, right? Because it's like, my, when my mom was taking me to school with her, uh, fucking doing the best she could, go and get her master's at by the way the time. went to the semifinals in that in a prison competition my partner was mike jones believe it or not shout out to mike jones <laughs> mike who yeah exactly mike who? you know how old that joke got <laughs> i'm sure it got even worse for him that is awesome yeah and uh but i remember being like going to college with my mom and the the professor or whatever would ask a question and i could answer it mm -hmm. and then uh and then later on you grow up and you're like oh they're all hung over and shit you know maybe they know it's not <laughs> but it's like when you're young and you're such a sponge and you can absorb all that and fire off, you know? So I just, I'm trying to figure out what prompted you to join the service. Like what was enough oh, is enough. Man. Oh, that was easy. Like I had a paper from like fucking first grade that said like, what are you going to be in 20 years? No, and no, 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 no. Like when you, at like, that time, like, yeah, you took that break. Yeah. So what made you go, okay, fuck this. I'm joining the service. So I'll tell you, it was an early idea. It's because like in first grade, I had a paper that like, we're going to be in 20 years. And on that paper, it said like prison or the military, because those were the two upbringings that I had. Like uh, my first dad, he was, he was a uh, fucking like a Green Beret and owned two whorehouses in Pittsburgh, come from a long line of pimps. And then, and my real dad had me in prison, got out, was, he was like perpetually always in the state and mm -hmm. just uh, grew up in that. Not yeah. defending him personally, because I don't know him, but it's hard to get out once they get you in. That's what I'm saying, the system, mm -hmm. you know, progress over perfection, but. You just got to play the game properly and you can get out. Yeah, man. And it's just like, uh, so so I just knew that I, I, at a young age, I knew that those places gave you three hots and a cot. And mm -hmm. that's a way to survive. You know, whether you did yeah. it in that food, you had shelter, yeah. you, had, you had the life was made. Like I was like, if I have to live, I live like this. These are the three, two. It's the worst stories. case scenario. I mean, I, to me, it was a uh, opportunity, you know, <laughs> like, and then when I signed the dotted line and fucking went and got my fingerprints done and I was like, all right, the cri the life of crime is no more. You know, okay. I remember, I remember I went down to the federal building, got my fingerprints done. I come home. I was living in Mount Oliver at the time, pretty rough place. And then uh, my friend, like I got into the car and he throws me a gun. It's like, we're going to go light it up. And I was like, wiping it off. And I was like, the fuck we are. I sold out, brother. I'm in the, I'm in the fuck goon squad now, bro. I'm federal. Okay. Know? Okay. And so it's like, uh, everybody, everybody just watching the upbringings and everybody, how everybody comes. I would always try to just preach positivity because I'd seen it. You know? Question. Um, before you went in the service, mm -hmm. were you in shape at all? Uh, not really. I mean, like, uh, I always had a, like, I would say, I think I'm blessed because of my dad's genetics, right? Growing up being a specimen and, and inside, and he was always fucking just top of the line shape. Like my dad was a bad dude. My, he was like the white Mike. 
hit somebody once. Like I, I seen him fuck some people up, you know? Okay. And, uh, and I just was like, oh, I'm blessed. So growing up in the city and in the country, uh, you know, wrestling around, climbing trees, fucking around, fucking kind of. But like I started playing one-on-one basketball, starting off at the courts, working my way down the south side, hit the pool. And then like, I remember- I was, Oh, so you were getting in shape before you went in? I was working on it. Okay. And then, and then they got these like pre-shaped tests and I like fucked up. And I was like, who am I? They're what like, do, do a pull up. And what I was like, I can do- What do you mean? Do, you failed it? Well, kind of, not really. I didn't fail. I passed it to get in, right? But it's like, you. I was like, I'm doing 10 or 13 pull-ups. And then I get up there and do three. And I'm like, what is wrong? And then you get there and you're doing crunches. Like whatever it is that gets, maybe it's mental. Cause I, I was, I was, I did it physically, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, man, it was a fucking trip, bro. Okay, so so you joined, man. How was uh how was it? Tell me tell me about your journey. Start with like boot camp and shit, because I want to hear your adjustment. Bro, I got stories. <laughs> this one time at boot camp, I got all types of shit like that. But so uh start off at the beginning. Uh uh took a year to get in because like I was still not sure. I, I knew I wanted to go, but I was just I wasn't ready. And then uh they were like they were like, All right, you know, when you're ready, come. And then I was like Fucking one day I was just like one eight hundred Marines come get me, you know. Had it all lined up. At the time it was tough. I used to use the recruiters to get food and shit. They'd be like, "You want to join?" I'm be like, "Yeah, where are we gonna go eat?" You know, like, no, okay. I want a burger, brother. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm a hustler. I'm I'm a hustler. And uh, so I remember when I left the first time, uh, they come, they pick you up, you say goodbye to your family, everybody's crying, like you're going to the Marine Corps. And then uh, they took me to the Air Force Base and stayed and I remember it was like the loneliest place. It was, it was like, they were talking about all these people that were gonna be there and it was nobody. It was an empty motel to me. And that was the most alone I ever felt. So I went and I took a shower and all of a sudden I hear bang, bang and then I opened up Salisi. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? You know, oh shit, what the fuck? I'm, I'm vulnerable, bitch, I'm naked with a bar, you know? And then he's like, hey, we made a mistake. You don't leave the night, you know? And I was like, oh shit. So then they picked me up, they took me home. Mom wasn't home battling demons. And, uh, and then I remember it was just another sense of being alone. And I was like, fuck. And then like, I had to call everybody and tell everybody and say like, I'm not leaving. I have a funny story in there. And then uh, I called a recruiter later on and he's like, you gotta go. He's like, you're going next, next week. And I was like, oh shit, I thought we weren't leaving for three months. He's like, no, no, you're next week. They're not leaving for three months. The guys uh-huh. I was training with in the, in the program with. And then so picked me up, took me back again, lonely, fucking empty. I was watching a uh, UFC, Brenna Shop, Kimbo Slice, fucking like that was my last memory. I met my hero and I was fucking like plastered and I was like, oh, this is not how you want to be. Who was your hero? Well, I mean, not not uh, like a hero. Uh, uh, it was just Brenna Shaw being a fighter. And oh, you met him? Yeah, yeah. I okay. I bought the tickets and it was like. Uh, oh, you went to it? Yeah, yeah. I went to go see a show, and then uh, it was like my fourth comedy dates. I have like a horror record of comedy dates. I invited a girl out. And was like I had planned this three months in advance. Met a random lovely lady and was like would you like to go to a comedy place she was like sure and uh and then like last minute cancels and i'm like oh no and like i've had like a, a girlfriend get sick and, and get out and fucking just and i was like oh this is like i love this this is i want my dream job you know and uh and then so i went there and then like i remember just drinking and we were like oh fuck but i cheered everybody up at the table and laughed real hard and then uh i met him and i was kind of drunk then myself but i was like oh, i wanted to tell him like hey i was watching you last night i went to the marine corps like fucking i remember you and oh okay this didn't happen that night no no this was you like, met him after yeah, way later okay like, like last year or 2019 or something you know? okay and uh all right so then the marine corps so when they take me the second time and then pick me up and take me 
And then they get me to boot camp and a uh, couple kids who are like, hey, we're the tough ones who've been here for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and me growing up, the best thing I could do, uh, my last resort or first resort sometimes would be to find the kids that got picked on, fight the bully, try to make friends with both. If you stick up to a bully, you end up seeing like, oh, you're fucking tough and made a shit, you know? And then the, the people that are getting picked on, I'm like, they're loved. They're playing fucking Yu-Gi-Oh and shit. I love that shit. You know, I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, it's a beautiful person right here. Leave him alone. You know? okay. I was like, my dad told me, you know, nobody hits as hard as my dad. And I was like, I could take it. So then uh, I got there, met those tough kids. was like, how tough are you? All right, take back seat for a little bit and figure out what we're doing. And it's fucking chaos. Like, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about like 100, 120 people stuffed into a room and just like a, a Marine Corps drill instructor is a fucking monster. He's an entity. He's a god. Like, I don't care what you did or what you did. Like, they're they're well built, trained and fucking full of fucking piss and vinegar or whatever. You know, like it is terrifying. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, I, I bet you maybe you can't beat me up to death, but I'll break your spirit somehow. And then uh, going, playing by the rules, figuring out the shit. And so hold on. Good. In this room, about 120 people. How many drill instructors? Oh, anywhere, anywhere from like two, three, five. They're just ten. walking around screaming at you guys. Yeah, sometimes they just leave you in there alone. You know, that's when you find out, like, oh, we're the tough kids, and all oh, you guys are gonna listen to us. And like, who the fuck are you? You're not one of them, you know. And then they come back and they're like, yeah, where are your fucking mommy and daddy? And you're like, okay. And I was like, I, I never had a father. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like I love that finding Nemo fucking AA shit. And uh, so it's like a. So then you have your receiving girl instructors and they're like, we're nice to you, believe it or not. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> There's levels to this. And then you get into your like real drill instructor platoon. And I remember I only wanted to quit like twice. Like twice I was going to break and I was like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going home. I'm not built to do this. this Tell me it. about those times, man. First time. My fucking recruiter bullshit he was said he was going to send me like articles of the Steelers and shit lied yeah I'm, I'm sure that's just a tactic I mean not to disparage the service but I'm sure they'll say a lot of shit just a quick reminder to check out my new podcast with Daniel Brady murderous states of mind when we talk about all the serial killers in the United States history and we go by order of statehood available on all streaming platforms check us out guys yeah, I confided in honestly, or, you know, I was jaded, but I, I made it. So he was like, hey, listen, when you get to boot camp, fucking like apply or like a, what's that called? Raise your hand, fucking uh, stand up for shit. I'm trying to think of the word. Volunteer. Volunteer. He's like, volunteer, be fast, be first, whatever. Don't do that. Hide. Enjoy yourself. So did you volunteer a lot? <laughs> yes, I did. Well, no. Okay. So here's what happens. <laughs> you go from your receiving drill instructors to your, uh, to your platoon instructors. And then, um, like they're they're there for you for the whole journey the first guys are only there for the first like five days or so drug tests lots of shots lots of fucking uh just not knowing what the fuck getting your head shaved fucking you know mama mama can't you see what the core done to me mm -hmm. singing it's a lot of marching uh and then the, the the platoon drill instructors are the ones that are there for forever so mm -hmm. they get to know you you know what i mean and then they they fuck around so i was in all gunny deck which is rare it's it's their senior higher class uh higher ranked uh marines and so like um the people in the lower with all the sergeants they were getting fucked up way more physically than we were us we were getting more head games and shit old school stuff because they were like you know back in my day 
we could literally put you in a swamp and kill you. And I was like, yeah, I heard, you know, that's fucking, that sucks. You know, like, and I uh, hope I can swim with all this shit on my back. <laughs> and, uh, we'll teach you. And uh, so we get those guys and they're like volunteer. Like I'm talking about like within an hour or two, right? Uh, you're going around, things get fucked up. People are getting screaming at like, people are getting fucked up. I mean, it turns into like Normandy type shit. And, and you're just like, oh, and you're like standing, screaming, whatever, you can do whatever you're told. And then I like volunteer. And I was like, oh, I volunteer. <laughs> wrong, <laughs> wrong. And uh, so they're like, go outside and get these fucking chow hall boxes. They come in little, little lunch packs with uh, like, I don't know, like a sandwich, an apple, a bag of chips and a Gatorade. And they're like, and carry them up. And I thought I was gonna be awesome. So I grabbed two fucking things of Gatorade, like two big ass cases. And uh, I, if I remember it was three, there were three floors, mm -hmm. the barracks. So we were on the second floor. I grabbed that motherfucking Gatorade case and they made me run these slight flights of steps up and down and fucking, I couldn't do nothing. And then he's like, extend your arms. And I'm like, you know, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then I'm, but I'm like here and I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like, I'm going to go home and fuck your mom. And I was like, oh, please, please just leave me alone. You know, <laughs> be nice to the lady. She's been through a lot. But uh, I was like the way they're like, I just feel like I couldn't even extend my arms. There's no way I can make it like, that and almost I, broke you. Yeah. And that was it. And I was like, if this is what I have to do, like, I'm fucking weak. How'd you get through that? I, I, I just didn't give up. I don't know. You know, I just fucking just uh, fucking made it. Tell me about the second time. Oh, this gets exciting. So, so the second time was, like I said, we came from an old gunny platoon. So they did things a little bit differently because mostly you have sergeants, which are like an E5, staff sergeants, E six if i think and then a gunny gunnery sergeants e7 so if you're a sergeant or staff sergeant you're out there fucking everybody up and one thing they used to always do that i was impressed by and liked was they would be like platoon whatever and then every autumn recruits or marines at the time would be like kill and then it was like kill and it's like this fucking chant you know this yeah. mantra it's addicting it's like my gunnies were like we're not fucking cheerleaders we don't do that shit and like and you in your heart was like oh, i want to do that i fucking <laughs> one day we were coming out of breakfast chow we were coming we came so real quick they said and anybody out there you know if you got to survive boot camp they said make it to the next meal because you they got to give you breakfast lunch and dinner so you got a couple hours couple hours couple hours nighttime couple hours couple hours couple hours and that's how i survived because i was like as long as i make it to the next meal i'll be all right so it was morning breakfast Gunnies are still inside because they're enjoying themselves and they're like, get the fuck out there and get formation. We run outside and I'm in motherfucking full fucking mode, full moto. And I'm like, we're platoon 1017. When I say 1017, y'all say kill. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> so I get a couple kills. I get a couple kills. I'm feeling myself. I got the people behind me. We're chanting. This guy comes up and snatches me the fuck up. It's like, you think you're a fucking cheerleader. Yeah, I was like, I know I am. I, like, I, like, I swear to God. And then he was like, you got a fucking high knee and keep up in this formation. And they start moving it and just fucking like working me out. Just fucking uh, like sweat me, dogging me, whatever, you know, just put me through the fucking shit. And like, and he would have to like take a few moments to go around and fuck up somebody else. And I would try to like recuperate and catch myself and chill. And then like, he'd be like, did I fucking tell you to stop? And it went, went, went. And he was just on me and I couldn't shake him. <laughs> and I tried, <laughs> I tried so hard to blend.
But uh, <laughs> recruit celibacy, <laughs> they call me everything but my name. You know, it's a tough name because <laughs> you got to read them, you know. Hold on. So they said recruit celibacy? Oh, celibacy, like celery, fucking celibacy, <laughs> fucking everything under the book except for how it sounds, you know. And uh, and I remember that second time, like, I was like, I was like, this guy's never going to get off me and I'm, I can't do it. Uh, and then, like, somehow, some way I made it. And then we went to this, like, confidence course, the obstacle course and stuff. They're really fun. They do give you confidence. They do fucking, it's, it's exciting. It's like Ninja Warrior shit. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And then after that, it was fucking, uh, I didn't have no problems that I couldn't fucking, I, I was like, I can't. Not make so it. as your time in the service, like, what'd you do? Uh, so, so what's really cool is like, uh, I told them, I remember uh, right before I went that second time or something, or maybe it was the first time, can't remember, but they said, all right, it's time to go. And, I, and they're like, what job do you want or whatever? And I already, already picked my three. It was like Intel, supply, combat engineer. And then uh, I remember my family, old school, Polish, German family was like, uh, you know, go in there and get a trade and you don't want to be a professional security guard for the rest of your life. And I've been following their shit my whole life. Hey, stay the academic route. Don't do that bullshit. That'll kill you. And I was like, oh, whatever. And then uh, I was like, let me see the book. And I was like, they're like, what book? That's like the book of jobs, motherfucker. I know you got the book of jobs. So then he's like, all right. So my um, recruiter, let me see this book. And I flipped through it real quick. And I was like, that's what I want. And he's like, you want the communications uh, option or as an electronics option. And I was like, no, I want that $15,000 bonus. So I had an option to get three different jobs, but they don't give them to you until they find out what their needs are. And then you get one mm -hmm. and you have to go through an entire series of tests. So I didn't know who that was for a long time. Uh, first, I went through boot camp three and a half, four months because of uh, I left December 10th. We did uh, Christmas and New Year's. Good food, good food in the boot camp and during those times. And then, uh, and then went to Camp Geiger where uh, they do combat training. So if you're a grunt, you go to ITB, Infantry Training Battalion, and then you go straight to the fleet. Everybody else, Pogues, personal other than grunt, little derogatory name they love. I love that shit. Uh, so you go there, you do your combat training, throw your grenades, shoot the big guns, have a lot of fun, do a lot of uh, simulation missions and stuff, get the feel for it and do some, uh, some overseas training because they're fighting in hot places and shit. Uh, and then I got held back for a month because they took 60 of us and they're like, hey, come here, we got a special operation, camp guard. I'm like, ooh, rock mm. camp guard. And so basically you just walk around with a glow in the dark belt and a flashlight and be like, who goes there? <laughs> and these are like professional, like already seasoned Marines that are like, fuck you, I'll kill you. I hate myself right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, just, I didn't, I got out of boot camp. <laughs> like it's a different world. And I knew it, I knew it. Cause I got an eye for, if you're good at something, I can recognize it. If you have areas or flaws, I can recognize it. Like when I see somebody who's skilled at whatever they do, I'm like, that person knows what they're doing. It's like, uh, it's like the eye of shark. You know what I mean? Always trying to catch somebody who's fucking you over, right? and uh, not trying to be taking advantage of stuff. So after that, I get sent to 29 Palms, California. And I could have went to 29 or to Pensacola. Pensacola is where they do, uh, my three options were ground communications, electronic tech, air communications, electronic tech, which is what I wanted because there's money in anything that has to do with things that fly. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it was like optics or something. So like NBGs, uh, night vision goggles and stuff like that. And so I ended up getting the ground ship, but first this was like way after that. So Camp Geiger, extra month or two. And then I think you get a week home or some shit. You get a week after boot camp, maybe a week after that. 
And then I went to 29 Palms, California, which is the Mojave Desert. That is the real fucking deal. That's a real desert. <clears throat> Deadly shit, crazy. They would let the prisoners just walk around on handcuffs and shit. Like the people are locked up because they're like, go ahead, run, beat somebody up, take their water. It's the desert. Good luck. <laughs> like, right it's just a trust that's like, you will die. It's like, please, please help yourself. And uh, so then I went to 29 Palms. I got held back a little bit because you pick, wait to pick up class. And then uh, I got into my classes and you got to pass uh, BEC basic electronics. I just mean like, like uh, through your service, like what essentially did you, did you end up just doing for the most part? You know? oh, no, I mean, I would say like not that much. Some people it's a lot, you know, like uh, you go through the schooling and the trainings and then, um, and then I got stationed in Japan uh, was my unit and ninth engineer support time. And then just help them with uh, your support battalion for the combat engineers. And then like, uh, I got into trouble when I got taken off of two deployments to Afghanistan, one to Korea. What, uh, what'd you do? Oh man. Uh, talk about the, the only, um, like issue I've ever had. The addiction <laughs> is love. Okay. It all starts with a girl. And so like in 29 Palms, I met a girlfriend and was like, Oh, I'm a Marine. You're a Marine. We're going to get married. Have fucking babies. Rock, 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 whatever that fucking like, it's that weird shit. And then, uh, she was only going to school for like three months. My school's a year long. Mm. I got to pass three months of practice or basic electronics course. And then they pick my job. And then I got to go through six, seven months of whatever that is and pass that job. Like it's a long strenuous course. And, uh, and so I was like, we had a clean breakup. I was like, hey, she's like, I'm going to Japan. I was like, I don't know where I'm going for six months. I love you. See you when I see you. I get orders to go to Japan. I was got straight to fuck on Facebook. I have I started me a Facebook and was like, guess who's coming to Japan? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's like, oh, she's like, hit me up when you get out there. So I get out there and I'm there for two weeks. We get our Liberty cards. It's all lockdown shit. You get like a red one or a gold one. Red one, you're out till 10. Gold one, you're out till 12 or one. I had a Liberty buddy and she went and saw her boyfriend. And then I was like, baby, what's up? I'm coming to see my girl. And then fucking, she had me drinking this Japanese shit. <laughs> like, oh, brother, Habusaki or the Spiritus? <laughs> My Oki friends, you know, like talk about people that struggle. People that in the Okinawa struggle with like alcohol. Alcoholism. I mean, it's mostly a military thing and everything. Depressant, easy to get. It's a drug that's, you know, absorbed and abused by everybody. So you got drunk that night. What happened? So I got drunk and then uh, I was trying to walk it off because I, I walk around, smoke, get that shit off. They're like, lay down. I was on another base. I made it to a base because I was like, I don't want to be out in town in a foreign country. I'm smarter than that. Make it to the base. She's like sneaking me in. I'm so proud of my unit. I'm like, I'm with this unit. And they're like, you don't belong here. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, but I'm, I'm an American Marine. <laughs> and then, This is right. And then uh, I remember they sent somebody to, to like a OOC officer on deck or some shit, some staff sergeant. And uh, he like tried laying me down and I'm pretty good with other people's body weight. So I fucking hit him with a Marine Corps hip toss, <laughs> Marine Corps. Oh man. I know. And he was like, call PMO. And like, I never black out, but I like brown out, miss moments, drink success, whatever. And then so I come to, I remember like getting on a stage with some strippers. I remember breaking up some fights, doing some good deeds. And then I remember getting handcuffed and I was like, it wasn't me. I was a criminal. Mm. I don't know who, what he looked like. And this put me into a course to fucking like, get in trouble and almost get kicked out. Mm-hmm. And then, so like, I had to go through this thing, go to this rehab. They're like, we got a special mission for you. And like, I did everything I was told. I completed all the homework. And then at the very end, they asked me, what do you think of our program? 
And I said, I think your program's dog shit. Honestly, you treat everybody like alcoholics. I grew up with addiction and I just think that you guys could do it a better way. But like the way you're doing it, like, I, I think it's just me mistreating each individual. You should treat it, each individual. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like, you failed. And I was like, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you failed. Should it, so you would have said it's a dope program. Yeah, it should have been eating crayons, fucking engine no, 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 no. You know, and then so like I had to reapply to go back. That was the first time I got taken off Afghanistan because my unit was forward deploying. I was training hard. I was cross training with every job that I could to, to become an asset because I knew that my my chances of going as a communications ground tech mm -hmm. and comms, comms the second most important thing you need in war. Like they said, first is uh, the general's order. Know what you're doing. Second is calm. You got to be able to communicate. So I took a lot of pride in my job. So you missed the opportunity to go to Afghanistan, yeah. you, but you got another opportunity to go. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you missed that one as well. Yeah, and I missed that what, one too. What happened with that one? Uh, with that one, it was just like it was a it was another staffing issue, and I can't remember if it was another like he's got to go back to rehab and finish it shit. Because in my mind, I was like, I failed. I'm getting kicked out. But the reality was. Uh, it's up to your commanding officer to make that decision. And I didn't know that, but um, a lot of people that like stuck up for me and put out their necks out for me and they knew like, hey, this guy is a great guy, has a lot of potential, uh, kept me in and, and I stayed in and I did the hard work and I trained and did the best that I could. And then like, it, it always seemed like I, I was a few steps away. Like I, I would go up and I would talk to first sergeants of uh, the different companies because mine is calm, it's like S6. And then there's like, a, you got the engineers or the admin and different divisions of your unit. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, hey, do you need another Marine? Like, I want to go. And then I talked to another first sergeant. He was like, yo, I would have took you as a combat engineer. You talked to me yesterday. I filled my spots. You can't go. Mm. And I was like, ah, oh, I fucking like, I struggled with that shit for a long time. Yeah, from, from talking with you, you seem like uh, you kind of beat yourself up for not going to active combat. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's because like... I felt like I took a job that I failed at. I felt like I could have protected somebody that needed it. I felt like I could have helped somebody well, and they missed it. Now that you're removed from the situation quite a bit, how do you feel about that first missed opportunity? That was more your fault than anyone else's. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, it was like, a, for me, who I am now, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world except for to be me at an earlier age mm -hmm. have a little bit more time father time's undefeated but getting to where i am that concludes part one of uh what will be the saga i'm sure of cocaine shane um, part two will be coming soon in the future hope you guys enjoyed it uh, make sure to like share subscribe all that wonderful jazz um i'll see you next week and by the way um if you're looking uh, to come on the podcast at all, or if you know anyone that'd be a good fit, anyone that's particularly interesting or uh, unique, reach out to the Facebook page. That's all from me, guys. Uh, until next time, peace and love.